Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, everybody. My name is Hafa Lombardino, and this is Translation Confessional. I always recommend what I did that worked for me, of course, that is go slow. You can start traveling around your own country. I mean, it's your own culture, your own money, your own language. So you can start with small trips, you know, one week and then one month and see what happens. And then that's what I did. I started traveling to Argentina and then I went uh, to Mexico and then I went to Europe and then I went to Asia, you know, and now I don't know. (laughs) where I can go next but um, you can you know face your challenges a little bit so you can start learning how to deal with your work maybe that's really stressful for you maybe you find that it's the best way to work because you're happy and relaxed being a nomad freelancer Translation Confessional is back from spring break and we have some more interviews ready for you. Today Hoffa talks to Alejandra Toll, an audiovisual translator from Argentina who was a nomad freelancer before COVID and is looking forward to choosing her next destination as soon as it is safe to travel the world again. In this interview, Alejandra shares some practical advice on what it takes to be a successful nomad translator and shares a bit about the places where she's been. If you watch the extended video interview on YouTube, you will also get to learn what Alejandra missed from home while traveling the world and where she would like to visit next. By the way, Alejandra is also a fellow podcaster, so click the link in this episode's description to check out her podcast in Spanish. We hope you enjoy this illuminating conversation and reach out to Alejandra if you would like to be a nomad freelancer too. A common requirement during translation and editing is to perform several corrections across a document to prepare it for translation, fix common mistakes, or ensure style guidance compliance. You can make this process significantly easier with the help of Multiple Find and Replace tool for Microsoft Word. With this tool, you can create lists of search and replace expressions and use them to perform global replacements automatically or to find all occurrences and review them in context before replacement. You can use the power of regular expressions to perform complex searches and replacements. The tool also enables you to format the found text, so you can use it to apply color highlighting, italics, and other formatting before or after translation. Multiple Find and Replace tool is part of TransTools Plus, a Microsoft Word plugin designed for translators, editors, content creators, and DTP specialists. If you want to check out TransTools Plus, go to this webpage 
tinyurl.com slash tc dash trans tools plus. I hope you like it. So I'm here with Alejandra today. She's from Argentina. She's a fellow podcaster and she has amazing stories to tell us about being a nomad translator. So Alejandra, go ahead. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? First of all, thank you for inviting me. I love talking about traveling. So any opportunity that I have, it's welcome. And of course, translation and traveling, like my, my two loves, you know. Well, how can I begin? I've gone full freelance 2001. No, sorry. That's when I, when I started translating. That was 2010. I worked as a teacher and I stopped that and I started being like full freelancer. So that's when I started to fantasize about, you know, what's the difference if I'm working from home and then uh, like electricity goes off or internet is not working. So you go to a bar or a co-working space. So I said, what's the difference for my clients if I'm at home at a bar around the corner or 4,000 kilometers away? They don't know. It's the same for them. So I started thinking about this and fantasizing, but I'm all about small steps, like baby steps for everything. So I started small and then gradually increasing, you know, the the adventures. My last trip was so amazing that it's like, you know, the bar is so high and then COVID as well. I was going to ask, so it was pre-COVID that you were doing all the nomad going around, right? Yes, yes. COVID brought me back home because I was actually, I was in Asia. So I decided to come back because things there were getting a little bit dangerous. And, and here was okay. Like in Latin America, everything was cool. So I said, I don't want to go back home yet, but I really want to leave Asia and be away from this. So I traveled to Colombia and then I said, okay, I'm going to start my way down slowly and continue traveling. But then when I arrived in Colombia, things got worse and I actually had to stay in the hotel for a couple of days in quarantine in Colombia. And then, okay, everything got really bad. I called the embassy here and I said, well, okay, what, what's your advice? And they said, come back home as soon as you can. So yeah, I bought a ticket and came back home. But well, I'm waiting to start again. I'm waiting for COVID to go finally one day and be on the road again. Oh, that's, it's crazy because if you're used to that lifestyle and then something that is out of your control, there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to follow the rules and you don't want to get caught in a place that uh, maybe um, you, you have a visa and then it's going to expire because you're in lockdown. So yeah, I just, I cannot imagine how crazy that must be. But tell us about what it is that you do. Uh, you do a lot of subtitling, is that it? Yeah, I mainly do subtitling. Like I'm an audiovisual translator and I also work with dubbing and some other stuff. But yeah, subtitling, dubbing. I do a little bit of literary translation also. But it, my, my main thing is subtitling and dubbing or adaptation mainly. But more of a technical question, because if you work at some platforms and they have IP address to make sure that everything is, you know, protected because of how um, they will send you the videos to the platform to make sure that it's you logging in and everything. 
Did you run into any problems when you were just traveling around and you had to work with uh, clients that had some kind of setup like that? Uh, no, not really. No. Most of them work with a platform. So you have uh, your password or your two-way verification thing with your phone. So that's really safe. Some other clients, well, they send me the videos, but as I have a non-disclosure agreement signed, that's it. So no, not, not, not those kind of problems, other kinds of problems I had. <laughs> because I come from a technical background, I was just thinking about, you know, all the nightmares of like VPN and trying to say, no, I'm still in Argentina. If a client, you know, sees that your IP address is different, internet connection and all that, but okay, good. But what kind of problems did you have then? What did you have to maybe improvise because you're not in your home office and you have to try to work with what you're given? Well, for me, working and traveling at the same time, it's all about improvisation. I mean, you have to change every day or every week your setting, your desktop. Everything is different. Even the weather you're working. Sometimes you're in a very hot country and then you travel and then it's rainy season and then, well, so you have to adapt all the time. So one of the things that I learned traveling and working at the same time is always having three separate budgets. One is the most important one for me, like the I go home tomorrow. That's how kind of what I call it. You know, the only way I take a plane and I travel is if I know I can come back home the next day, if anything happens, you know, and then it happened. COVID happened and I had to use that. I mean, I had the money to go back home the next day. So that's one thing. And the other one is for my equipment. You are traveling. It's probable that you will have some problems, you know. Maybe your laptop is stolen or like it happened to me. You know, it collapses and you have to continue working. And I mean, you have to have the money to buy a computer the next day. Go to a shopping mall or whatever or Amazon or buy your stuff headsets, a new keyboard. I mean, you need to have the money to replace anything fast because you cannot stop working. So, oh no, I'm in the middle of, um, I'm on an island in the middle of Thailand. I'm sorry. I'm not going to be able to finish. Now you have to do it. So I had these problems. For example, my computer collapsed and I had to buy a new one. That's one of the biggest problems. Sometimes it's just the charger, but I, I mean, I've traveled for many years, so I've had a lot of different problems. Like sometimes you get stuck in an airport because your flight is delayed. Well, that's great for working when you are stuck for five hours. You have nowhere to go. You are in an, a, an airport, so you work. But uh, the issues that I had are not work-related. Like one time I needed to, to send documents. I was on an island in the middle of Thailand. And uh, FedEx was not available there. So it was kind of a problem because I had to sign something and send them. But well, my client was understanding and they waited for me for two weeks. And then when I went to Bangkok for my plane, I sent the documents. But that was the only thing. It was not that. It's not that hard, but you have to be prepared to adapt, to work very comfortably or very uncomfortable. You have to kind of have some kind of organization, but also be open to improvisation, like you said, because you have to know what you have to do, but sometimes how you're going to do it, it's going to be completely different day to day. So that's that's amazing. Kudos to you, because I don't know if, if I would be able to make it. 
I did a lot of like, you know, working while my kids are having soccer practice or swimming class. And I could have, you know, my tablet or my phone and just do something or even the laptop sometimes. But yeah, it's just amazing what you do and just hopping from place to place and just uh, thrive amid the improvisation. Yeah, but I don't think that's that different. Like you work when your kids are at soccer practice and I work on rainy days. If I'm traveling, for example, I'm on the beach and there's a rainy day and say, okay, we just work now. And then when the sun comes up, you go, okay, let's go to the beach. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you need to be organized, but what you have to consider is that you travel slow. It's not, it's one thing to travel just being a tourist when you can go two days here, three days there. When you are working at the same time, you travel slow. So, for example, it was very funny because in Agra, in India, where the Taj Mahal is, everyone goes just for one day or maybe two days just to go to the place. You see the building, you take your photos and then you continue your travels. I was there for two weeks and everybody was so amazed. You know, people like there was a place where I went for breakfast and then I worked there all morning. I had lunch and the guy says like, you're still here. Where are you going? Like, come on, your travels. I said, oh, I'm working. So I was comfortable. I found like a nice place to work, a nice place to stay. And it gives you the advantage of getting to know more locals and the life of the people around you. So you have to be ready to do that. Some places you stay for longer and then you work in the morning, you sightsee in the afternoon, or maybe you work two days straight and then you take one full day off. That's what I did, for example, in New York. I had like a big project. I was just arriving and I spent two or three days working and I would literally look at the side of the window and said like, New York, the whole city is out there. And I've been here three days and I haven't seen anything. And I would, you know, working and then look up, look at the window, say, wait for me, New York. I'm coming. Just one more day. And then, you know, you have your things done and then you take two days off and you're free to whatever. Now, how amazing it is that you can actually just, uh, okay, I'll just crunch time right now or work on this. But then when you walk out of the door, you have a new place to explore. That's amazing. Yeah, that's wonderful. Instead of, you know, turning off computer, turn on TV with some Netflix, you just go outside and there's the Eiffel Tower or is the Central Park or the Taj Mahal, whatever you are. Or you just have to take a break and you need some coffee and you go outside your hotel and you are, you know, in Myanmar. <laughs> nice. Because of that style, you would live like a local, like a native for days or weeks instead of, like you said, doing the tourism thing. And um, what, what were the places that you visited, like the best place or then the worst place, not just because of work conditions, but maybe because of the atmosphere? What, I'm just curious about the places that you've been to. Well, I, ha I have to say that the worst place and the best place, it's one, and that is India. And it's weird because it's the best place and the worst place at the same time all the time. It's like. I compare it to the food. You know that Indian food is delicious, but it's so intense. You know, you can have consequences, to say the least. So the same thing happens there with the people and traveling. It's beautiful. It's 
amazing and at the same time is oh my god this is so intense that's weird but i can say i'm so lucky so grateful that i traveled a lot but the best place i've been to is because it wasn't in, in any plan it was something that happened in the spur of the moment it's the country that i never thought i would go in my dreams and it was a really like mystical and philosophical experience. It was the best 28 days and that was Myanmar. And I went to a retreat there. That was something I wanted to do for so long. And I was about to do that in Bali, you know, but the retreats that I found there were, how can I say this? Okay. Well, just for tourists, you know, when you have to pay a lot of money. And they give you the, the best juice, whatever, and they meditate. But I wanted the real thing, you know? I wanted the, the real thing. And I got that. And it was very, very awakening and very hard. And it was really intense. And as you do the retreat for 10 days, you're not allowed to speak to anyone. Of course, you're not allowed to have your computer. It was the first time in my adult life that I was not connected and not near any device for 10 days. You know, when you travel, you have to be connected all the time because, you know, time difference. And maybe you are, you know, visiting some monument and at the same time you are answering emails to clients. You know, that's the life. It's not that you are on holidays. You are always worrying about work and or you have to cut your travels short because the internet connection is not that good and then you have proposal let's do this okay you have to download this video but I, I cannot do it in this city so I have to move but that was the first time in 10 days not phone not computer no talking and it was so weird but it was so good it sounds like a, a wonderful idea right now. If I could just spend, you know, 24 hours like that, that'll be perfect. <laughs> but I think that just with COVID, because we're more connected, because we're just, everybody's online. That's all we can do. A lot of people that didn't experience what we do every day of working online, work remotely, people are working remotely. The kids are going to school remotely. So it's so unpredictable and uh, fluctuating. So um that sounds really good. And I think that a lot of people now, if they're listening to this, they're going to be fantasizing about, oh, I want to do that. And I was wondering if you have any advice of like, do this, but don't do that. Because I, I know that a lot of freelancers just are itching to go travel somewhere and they have to continue working because for freelancers, if you don't work, you don't get paid. So how can you, you know, survive? So what are the practical uh, kind of tips that you would have? The first thing you do is you prepare your budget, as I, as I mentioned before, for, you know, unexpected things that might happen and you have to solve really quickly. Then something that is essential for travelers and non-travelers. For travelers, even more, it's um, an external disk for your stuff. In case your computer is stolen or it breaks or whatever, you just unplug that and you plug it somewhere else. You can go to a co-working, you can rent a laptop or you can have whatever, but you have your information. It's the same thing when you travel at home. It can get stolen. You know, maybe the temperature, maybe it gets wet. Sometimes you are with your laptop in an airport and you drop your bag and whatever. So uh, that is one. And another thing that it's really, really good it's always when you get to a new country, mainly, 
you buy a SIM card for your phone. If you have a, a phone with two slots, that, that's great because you have your SIM card and then you add just the, the one with the data. I consider that, you know, an investment for my work because sometimes, you know, you book a hotel, they say that they have good internet and then it's not that good. Or, I don't know, you, you go for a walk and then you are really tired, it's too hot, so you decide to go in to get a coffee and say, oh, maybe I can work here. And you get your, you take your laptop, you work. And of course, your phone, you have to be able to answer emails or be connected. And if you have like one day trip, you know, you leave in the morning, and then you come back to the hotel in the afternoon. You're not going to work, but maybe you can answer some emails or you can, you know, check some stuff. So uh, you have to be connected and not don't rely on the Wi-Fi provided by the places you go. So it's an investment. It's not that expensive. Nowadays, it's just so easy. I remember the first time I traveled, it was not like that. Now it's just so easy. And you can get Wi-Fi like anywhere. And Speaking of that, one thing that I discovered now in this my last trip and I loved are libraries, public libraries in cities. I mean, not in India, but in all the cities in Australia and New Zealand and of course in Europe, every city has a public library. You go with your laptop and it's a great place to work because of course it's quiet and of course you have Wi-Fi and of course you can stay there. And also, you get to see the architecture, you can get a book, you can see how, you know, students are there and, you know, local people working there, you can meet people. I remember I when I was in um, Christchurch, is the, I fell in love with that library. I had a very, like, intense project when I was there and I went there, like, every day for a week and a half. It was my daily schedule, like I woke up, I went to the library, I worked, I had a coffee, and it had like a really big window that looked at the city, and there was like a church that had been destroyed in an earthquake, so it was like old, and the bricks, and it was like, like I was in a movie. The library also had like events, so one day you get there, and it's like, I don't know, seeds exchange. So you see all the local people exchanging plants and seeds. And then some other day is puzzles day. And you see the kids making puzzles. It was, a, I loved that library. I loved it. And it's good to get to know the libraries of the cities. And it's great for work. So that's one of the, the things I, I recommend also. And, uh, well, what else? Make the most out of the weather. You know, that it's... Uh, if it's really, really hot, you can work during midday. So you stay in air conditioning and then you get up early and you go see the city when it's not like the really hot hours. And then you go back, you work. Maybe if you are traveling in the cold weather and you want to go, you know, right in midday when it's the most warm, you know, whatever, uh, you can work around the weather. If it is a rainy day, well, okay, no worries. You stay in, you plan your week, you work, you get some things done, you answer your emails, and then you go. And of course, you know your clients. Now, I know my clients. I know some of them, for example, I never say like, I'm traveling, blah, 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 because if you work with platforms and it's just all tickets coming and going and there is no really a personal interactions, like there's no point in making them anxious because I'm traveling. 
if I, you know, keep my deadlines, if I answer my emails, for them is exactly the same. I don't add, you know, something for them to worry about. But there are some other clients that have different relationship and they know exactly the time difference every time I, I move around and they know that I'm traveling and, but that depends on the client, you know, relationship you have with them. So sometimes I say, sometimes I don't say. That's something important. When you move around cities, you have to, you know, set an, a notice or maybe your email, like I won't be available till tomorrow because sometimes you say, okay, well, but there's internet at the airport, but sometimes there's not. Or you say, okay, no worries. I will get there too. So I'll start working at by six. I will have everything done. And then the plane is delayed and you cannot do that. So whenever you have to move, from one city to another, one place to another, work around your deadlines and, you know, have the, the space for, you know, surprises. And travel insurance, that's one thing. Health insurance when you're traveling, that's really, really important. Now with COVID, I think it's going to be mandatory, but sometimes you can travel without it. I never recommend that because you never know what can happen and you are far away from home. So that's essential for me when I travel. Well, co-workings are very, I mean, not all the time. I don't really like to go there all the time because it's like, um, I went to a co-working, uh, on an island in Thailand. That was very good. It was very comfortable. I met really nice people because it's a nice place for networking also, but you are surrounded by travelers. So you are like, you know, in a small world, you don't get the local feeling. Like I, I love when I travel. I'd rather go to a bar with, you know, you can talk to the waiter or you can interact with the people. But sometimes co-working are, you know, like peaceful days with stable internet. I rented a um, screen because I've been working with my laptop. And, you know, after a while, I started missing my big screen back home. So I rented one for, for a week. So it was great because I went with my laptop, plugged it in, and I have that big thing for me. So that's why I say, you know, you have to adapt. One day you're going to be in a five-star environment, you know, with internet. And then some other day you are in one-star hostel. This is the only thing you could get. Or you wanted to have, you know, some more if you're traveling alone and if you want some party or you want some other types of connections, you can stay other kinds of places but everyone knows your comfort zone and i'm of course going to advise get out of that but you know the comfort zone is different for everyone i'm not going to say what is comfortable or not for me because of course it's different for you or for anyone else so be ready for that because that's the fun of it like being outside your element yeah, and just that's what I was thinking when you, you know, working also with literature and working with audiovisual that we have to kind of connect with the language and see what I'm trying to say. You're trying to people watch in a way. So you're going to different places, you're experiencing different cultures, you're watching people living in a different way than maybe you're used to. So I think that's amazing, a very rich experience for you as a language person, right? Do you speak other languages for the, the, these other countries that you visited or uh, were you able to pick up something here or there? 
Yeah, I always try to learn basics like good morning, thank you, hello, you know, because I'm visiting a country. So, you know, you want to be uh, nice with the people, but I forgot most of them. But no, I, I speak a little bit of French, uh, Portuguese when I drink caipirinhas. <laughs> As I said, I can speak like four words, but if you, if you take me and drop me on, you know, a beach in Rio and give me five caipirinhas, I can speak. <laughs> it's very similar to Spanish. Yes, I, I think we can relate. <laughs> yeah, we can relate. Yeah, I had experiences with a lot of people, like, you know, we're partying college times 20 years ago. And then, uh, yeah, just people from all over Latin America, and we start communicating just fine because, yeah, what's in Caipirinhas? So just uh, <laughs> let your hair down and everything's okay. Everybody's speaking Portuguese from both sides. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we know how to pronounce certain words that, like, 80% of the time are going to be near the meaning that we want to say. And, and I remember something else. It's something that it's one of the hard things for me because I'm really curious and I want to be everywhere and know all the places. But when you travel so much, you have to learn how to let go this idea of seeing it all because you cannot. Sometimes you go to a place and you have to work, you have a deadline, and then you have your flight booked for the next city and you weren't able to go to that museum or to that monument you wanted to go and you have to say okay well next time that's my mantra they said okay next time no so you send the universe the the idea that you are going back to this place <laughs> because it's really frustrating because when you start traveling you want to go everywhere and then you meet people and say oh have you been there have you seen that and oh not yet and then you don't you have to start saying okay but I need to work. It's really important to find, if you're taking a long trip, to get, you know, a space to have the holidays within the holidays. Because let's not forget we are working, you know, so we have problems to solve, deadlines to meet. So sometimes you are like in between. You are not a tourist, but at the same time, you are not fully working because you are sightseeing. So sometimes you can take two or three days or a week and say, okay, now these are my holidays. So I'm going to uh, set my Google Gmail account like off office. And then you close your laptop, you take your backpack and you do something different because it gets tiring because you have to manage moving. You know, if you move a lot, you spend your days booking places to sleep taking the schedules for planes, trains, buses, and then packing and unpacking all the time. And, and then, of course, all of that on top of your normal work. So it, it's tiring. It's not that you are on the beach drinking caipinhas and watching, you know, the waves. No, you're moving. You are rushing from the plane to the deadline to, you know, the hotel. So I always take a few days planned days to say, okay, now I'm, I'm not working. That's important. Yeah, that's perfect. Because uh, this image that, oh, you can just, you know, sit back at the beach and just work, especially with uh, book translations, you know, oh, you're going to be at a cafe or the beach. Have you tried to work on your laptop at the beach? There's like sand all over the place, the sun, the screen. That's not 
that. So you have to just kind of, you know, separate things of like, yeah, I'm in this place, I'm traveling, but there's times that I could crunch time to work and then you enjoy for the rest of the day. I think it's perfect because when we're just, you know, in our home office, like you said, we just walk away from the, the work, the computer, and you just turn on the TV or you just do things that sometimes you don't get to see your own city as much. But that way you just, you're forced to see like New York is out there. I want to go and visit places and see people. So that's perfect. It's a very personal experience. And it also depends a lot on where you travel. It's not the same to travel to India than traveling to Germany, for example, or in Latin America. It's very different. I mean, considering where, where you come from and where you go, how far that is from your own culture, how comfortable you are. And it also depends on the experience itself. It's something really, really personal. So if, if anyone uh, who's listening want to, to start traveling, I always recommend what I did that worked for me, of course, that is go slow. You can start traveling around your own country. I mean, it's your own culture, your own money, your own language. So you can start with small trips, you know, one week and then one month and see what happens. And then that's what I did. I started traveling to Argentina and then I went uh, to Mexico and then I went to Europe and then I went to Asia, you know, and now I don't know <laughs> where I can go next. But um you can, you know, pace your challenges a little bit so you can start learning how to deal with your work. Maybe that's really stressful for you. Maybe you find that it's the best way to work because you are happy and relaxed. Let's wait for COVID to go and pack our bags and start traveling again or for the first time if you are thinking about it. I think it's something that at least once in your life you have to experience what it is. It's wonderful. It's a different way of uh, of living your life. I'm not saying like drop your life and go five uh, years without a house, but the feeling of not having a house <laughs> back home, I, I had it that, you know, there was one, one trip that I, I let go my apartment. I put my stuff in, in different friends' houses, my father's house, you know, and then I went and all my house was in my backpack. And it hasn't, I mean, Please, age is not a thing. You can do this on your 20s, on your 30s. I'm on my 40s. I'm, I'm planning to do it again. You have to change maybe some stuff, you know. Maybe you're not going to go partying in the same way you go when you're 20, but, or maybe you need a more comfortable bed because then in the morning it's a little bit harder if you sleep, you know, or you need a private place, but you can adapt and you can do it anyway. You're never too old and it's wonderful. And if you continue working, you continue making money. It's not that you, we as freelancers, we have to think like if I'm going away for one month, it's like one month, I don't have any projects and one month of no money. But if you travel and work at the same time, it's endless. You're working, you're making money here and there. Ah, we can only dream. So let's just hope that, you know, the COVID nightmare is uh, over, that we're all healthy and we can travel. Yeah. And, um, yeah, let me, let me know next time you go somewhere. I would love to know and send pictures. <laughs> and I hope that anyone listening is inspired to just start planning for when it's safe to go around and uh, try out the nomad uh, lifestyle. Cause, uh, yeah, it's, that's what we're meant for. We're freelancers. We can just work from anywhere. Just figure out the um, time zone difference and you're set. 
Yeah. And of course, if anyone has questions, I am I'm willing to answer. I mean, everything that I know, I can share. If I don't know, we can find out together. But and just to reinforce it, people have to listen to your podcast as well, because uh, I already recommended it here. But it is so entertaining for anyone that speaks Spanish, understands Spanish, is learning Spanish. I really enjoy it to get the language part and also to get all the things that you share because it's, it's such an honest and entertaining way. I really had a, have a lot of fun listening to Yo Traductora, which you would say differently. How do you say it? Yo Traductora. Yes, I I, <laughs> I can't say it beautifully like you do. Yo Traductora. Yes, it just it sounds like I'm not saying it correctly, but I, I highly <laughs> recommend it because it's just brutally honest, like I said, because it's uh it's like you're just telling us stories. And just talking about uh, what it is like to be a freelance translator. So I really appreciate you took the time to talk to me today and share a little bit of your dream you. world of being a nomad translator. Because uh, I hope that we can experience a little, a little bit, all of us, when it's safe to go again. Yes, thank you very much for having me. It was it was super fun. Thank you. Send us an email at arlombardino at wordawareness.com or leave a voice message on the Translation Confessional Anchor page. If we get enough feedback and voice messages, we can go back to this subject and post a special podcast episode with everyone's opinion on this very same theme. By the way, our Anchor page is anchor.fm slash translation confessional. We look forward to hearing from you. Stay tuned for weekly episodes and subscribe to Translation Confessional through your favorite podcast app.